This podcast is proudly brought to you by Australia Lawyers. If you need legal information or fast access to Australia's leading lawyers, visit australialawyers.com.au. Now, over to Dan for the podcast. Hey, this is Dan, and thanks for tuning in to the podcast where I talk legal stuff with lawyers that I know, like, and trust. I hope you find the information really useful, and if you need legal help, that you reach out to one of these lawyers directly or drop by lawbydan.com and I can steer you in the right direction. Here is your podcast. Sadly, thousands of Australians each year suffer the consequences of some type of medical negligence. Many of them do just grin and bear it without ever considering legal action. It can be a big mistake. To find out a little bit more about what you should do if this has happened to you, I'm with Bilby Polden Costello, partner and accredited personal injury law specialist, Courtney Polden. Courtney, at the outset, what is medical negligence? Medical negligence, Dan, uh, is is a circumstance where someone's medical treatment or the absence of medical treatment causes them loss and damage, and uh, that treatment or failure to treat uh, was negligently uh, carried out by the medical practitioner or hospital or health provider. It really relates to a, a wide range of medical services and and often it is a failure to diagnose as opposed to um, a failure to to carry out a procedure properly. Uh, Courtney, what should somebody do if they feel as if they have suffered from some type of medical negligence? Well, the first thing they should do is discuss the problem with their doctor and find out exactly what the problem uh, is and whether it can be rectified. At the same time, they should seek legal advice early in the piece Uh, Lawyers uh, need to get hold of all of the relevant medical records and information uh, and more often than not to engage the services of an expert medical uh, practitioner in order to give any opinion. So it's all about hard work and getting the evidence together. So what you should do is consult a lawyer who might be able to first tell you, well, look, unfortunately, uh, what's happened to you is not compensable, but in circumstances where it may be, um, to give advice as to to what information and materials necessary in order to give an opinion as to whether it's worth uh, taking the case any further. Courtney, do you find in your experience that at times people may be reluctant uh, bringing about uh, such a claim because they have an existing, quite often a historically long relationship with their doctor or a specialist and they don't want to do anything about it? That's often a problem, Dan, and we see, we see that. Someone's had a doctor who's looked after them for many years um, and they uh, haven't made, uh, uh, and they have a good relationship and they haven't made any mistakes or errors in the past and then something drastic or significant happens to the patient and they feel uncomfortable and I understand that that relationship, the therapeutic relationship between a patient and a, uh, and a doctor is very important, we won't be uh, advising our clients to rush out and destroy that relationship or to interfere with it in any way unless there really is good reason to do so and that is a significant case in negligence and damages that are sig- significant enough to, to warrant taking the action further. I mean a lot of the cases we see um, relate to uh, specialist intervention and hospital procedures or failed hospital procedures or the failure of hospitals to act or to, uh, or, to, or to refer to appropriate specialists. So in those instances, it's really not you and your family doctor. That really comprises a very small uh, proportion of the types of medical negligence cases that I've seen over the last 30 years or so. And, uh, and we're always conscious of the, the importance of that relationship. 
It's the insurance companies at the end of the day that uh, pay these compensation claims if they're successful, uh, isn't it? Yes, it is an insurance company. The doctor, the doctors are all fully insured. It's a precondition of their practicing certificate in the same way that it is for a lawyer or an accountant or an engineer or architect. They have to have in place, um, you know, insurance in order to be registered by their professional bodies and the medical professions. Exactly the same. Courtney, now what about time limits? There is tight time limits that apply in these matters, isn't there? Yeah, there are, there are strict time limits. Just about every area of personal injury law involves time limits, and that's why you ought to act quickly. And normally, the in a medical negligence matter, um, you have three years from the date that the case becomes discoverable. Discoverability under the law means that you've got to know that there was some negligence, that it's caused loss, and that you've suffered loss. Once those things are reasonably known to a, a patient, or in our case, we call them clients, um, then you have three years from then within which to commence proceedings. Uh, there's no scope for uh, for extending it, in part from in some very limited circumstances where there's uh, where there's uh, incapacity. Uh, so those those guidelines are strict and must be adhered to. It's for that reason we recommend that people start the ball rolling as soon as reasonably practical. Now clearly that brings into play things like recovery and doing your best to recover from your injury before you start thinking about engaging lawyers and I, I think that's a pretty smart way to go about it but um, it seems to me that as soon as you reasonably are able to uh, it's a good idea to to have someone start looking at things because often it takes a long time to locate an expert in that relevant area um, we've been all over the world in our firm I've had experts from Harvard University, Oxford University, uh, we've had experts from Scandinavia on specific issues. So often we have to go far and far and wide, particularly if the hospital or the medical practitioner involved is very senior in the industry, trying to get colleagues in our jurisdiction to have a look at the case may be problematic. So we've got to allow for all those factors when we're, we're making, uh, when, we're, when we're considering the time factors. So it's important. And that's crucial, isn't it? Because I'm assuming that, you know, when it comes to this type of litigation, uh, it's not litigation that, that a person should consider looking at with an inexperienced uh, law firm that uh, just don't do this work often. No, it's, it's very much uh, a specialist field from a legal point of view. If not in the, per in the personal injury field, it's probably uh, uh, the most specialised area, uh, mainly because it's not... Um, uh, it's a very complex when you are trying to unravel medical problems and you don't have a, a medical background. So you're very much reliant upon your, uh, your contact with and how you can liaise with members of the profession, uh, the medical profession I mean. Um, if you're not comfortable with doing that and you can't consult with professors and what have you at a reasonable level, you shouldn't be doing it. So it's very much a specialty area and I strongly recommend that, that um, people look carefully at which lawyer they engage. Courtney, now at Bilby, Pollen and Costello you offer a free initial no obligation consultation. Is that the case? That is the case. What we will do is have uh, speak to the client, obviously, initially initially over the phone to make sure that there's you know, su sufficient um, justification for, for having a conference. Then we need to confer with the client, prepare a bit of a chronology of events, try and work our way through what really was the problem that they complain of, and then to give some advice about whether or not the costs and resources necessary to bring these pretty complex claims are worthwhile. I mean, the, the judgment 
management people rightly expect from us is to say, well, look, um, you know, look, you've suffered an injury, but you went into the hospital with some problems. You've come out just a bit worse, in which case, even though it may have been uh, poor treatment, the value of it in legal compensation terms isn't enough to justify um, going, uh, going ahead. So we have an initial consultation at no cost uh, so that we can work through that and give people some initial advice. And at that same com uh, at that same conference, we can map out um, for our clients what it is that they're likely to need in order for us to get to the point where we can advise them whether or not the case is worth proceeding with. So that general initial discussion is very uh, is very important. And then if both uh, the client's satisfied with uh, our services and if we think the client's got a reasonable cause of action, we'll start doing the preliminary investigations. Again, we'll do that on the basis that we only get paid for them if the case ultimately goes ahead uh, and, uh, and is successful. Now, um, many is a case that I've had over the last 30 plus years where I've done a lot of work to get it to a position where I can advise and my advice to the client is I don't think the case is worth proceeding with. Now, we do that at our own expense because we're mindful um, that if we uh, are going to take on a case in the medical negligence area, it's going to be hard work and we've got to make sure it's got reasonable prospects before we give advice to anybody. Courtney, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Dan. Thanks heaps for listening to this edition of the Law by Dan podcast. If you found it useful, it would be great if you can leave a rating on Spotify or iTunes or whatever the streaming platform is that you're using. Also, if need be, you can reach out to me at lawbydan.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast, made possible by Australia Lawyers. For great legal information and fast access to Australia's best lawyers, visit australialawyers.com.au.